1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't
0: find love. Then I discovered partying and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love, I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR, Sports Radio 550. All right, I'm back. And I'm back with Brendan. It's, it's been, been a long time. A long time for us. It's felt like a long time for me. And this is going to be a fun show, I think. Right? I hope so. I mean, we get to talk about I want to talk almost the whole hour about New England just being shot.
1: I'm cool with that because I had so much fun watching that game against the San Francisco 49ers. It's just something, like, I never have, like, seen before, you know? Just sheer (laughs) domination of a New England Patriots football team.
0: Well, other than that one Chief game, the... We're on the Cincinnati game, but like, um, but y- right, this, yeah. this should be more predictive of what's to come. Uh, Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on the nightcap for the next hour, taking your calls at eight hundred three oh five fifty. If you want to get in on tonight's conversation, mostly football, mostly bills. I do want to kind of look around the AFC in general and like what teams are real contenders, what teams are, I guess, pretenders. I mean, it's an overused phrase, but it for a reason rhymes, um, and I, w- I want to take a look around the conference as well. Pittsburgh was the team I picked to win the Super Bowl before the season on our radio.com predictions. Uh, I don't feel as great about that as I did before the season, despite the fact that they're undefeated, which is kind of weird. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about them later on. New England's where we're going to spend a lot of time on. But I am so foggy today. Have you ever had one of those days where, like, it's it's a travel day. Yeah. It's It's the day after a big travel day. Is it jet lag, though? Because I thought jet lag only had to do with going backwards, like, the time difference. And I don't, I feel like I never, so I went out west, and the hour difference was three hours, but I never really adjusted my sleep schedule. Like, I was going to bed at, like, 7, 8 o'clock, more 8 o'clock, probably and getting up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, my normal routine is I go to bed around 11 midnight, and I get up around 9 o'clock. So I don't feel like my sleep schedule changed that much, but I still feel foggy.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Travel.
0: It kills. Is it just the travel?
1: Yeah.
0: You ever gone to Europe? I have.
1: I've been to Europe how a couple it, times. How was
0: it the other way, um, time-wise? I, I
1: don't remember much. I was also much younger. Okay. I, I'm sure if I went now, my body's reaction to all the travel would be significantly different than when I when it was 10 years ago
0: you're also missing like aren't you missing a whole day because if you leave here at like what 7 a.m you're getting there at like is you getting there seven at night probably later than that actually
1: I went to Italy in the summer of 2011 and we lost a whole day. We we left from the airport um, from Buffalo to Atlanta, like early—not early morning, you know, like mid morning—and yeah. we didn't arrive to Rome until it was like nine o'clock their time the next morning. That
0: is amazing. That's brutal. It was Woo!
1: it was a weird feeling. It was a very weird feeling. And of course, I'm not tired because we had it was the morning, and so our extremely long flight to Italy, mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep, and so you just you're just kind of. It was it was a it was bizarre, Um, but I adjusted fine. I was having the time of my life.
0: So because by the way that I was on vacation, I had to watch the Bills Jets game on replay. Like I had to watch it after the fact. I had seen. I did not really have good connection where I was. I'm like I'm not gonna watch this on my phone and have it be all grainy and like cutting in and out. I'm like let's watch the game in full later. So I listened to the game live and I watched it later, and I already knew what happened obviously when I watched it. I I still don't know how to gauge, because also I have not been listening to the station really the past couple of days. I don't know how to gauge, like, where are Bills fans okay with Sunday's win? Like, are are we that worried about it? Because it was the Jets, and that game should not have been a one-score game for as long as it was, which was basically the whole game.
1: I was worried at halftime. I was worried at halftime.
0: Oh, for sure. You were worried. I assumed everyone was worried at halftime. But at the same time, if you look a little deeper than the score... Like the Jets with four yards in the second half, and the Bills outgaining them all day. Like, I know they didn't get in the end zone, but how many times that they ended up in Jets' territory, I'm not really that worried because I think you just kind of got unlucky. You got unlucky, you didn't find the end zone. That's
1: exactly the way I thought about it. And I would be worried if historically Josh Allen was not a good red zone quarterback, but he's the opposite. So I'm willing to look at this as a, you know, like you said, unlucky. You kept moving the ball consistently, not a single punt. The entire yeah. game, not <laughs> a single punt, and you didn't find the end zone. One touchdown got taken off the board with a borderline penalty that I'm still not sure has been explained to me in a way that I can understand. Uh yeah. And then also Tyler Croft, if he just keeps his feet on the sideline, there's another touchdown there. I know you can say woulda, coulda, shoulda for so many things that happened throughout a game, but like let's be real and dive more into the numbers on that. I am not as concerned about the Bills' offense. But I was a little frightened at halftime. But they turned it around.
0: Well, the numbers, and this is where we'll get into the Patriots a little bit. And maybe even comparing the Bills to the Patriots. And that was something we did more so at the beginning of the season. And this game is coming on Sunday. And even though I personally kind of think the Patriots are done... Like, I think that there are a lot of things going on with their team that make it seem like they, what they have going on is not sustainable to being a playoff team. They do not throw the football well. They do run the football a lot, and they do run it well, but also on the defensive side of the football, because if you have a great run defense, run offense, you can make it, but to have a great run offense, you have to have a great defense in turn or you're not going to be a good team. And New England does have a good defense, I think, still, but... They are not getting the turnovers like they did last season. One thing about the Patriots that, to me, made me think that they still would be competitive this year, at least towards a playoff spot. I thought the Bills were going to win the division. But competitive towards a playoff spot, and I did not pick them to make the playoffs, by the way, was their defense would still be really good. Even if it wasn't dominant, it would be really good. And so far this season, the turnovers have come back down to earth, which I think most people, you just would have... 36 turnovers last year, plus 21 turnover margin. It's unsustainable. It's unsustainable, right. And this year, are they awful? No. They're 17th in total defense. The Bills, by the way, are 15th in total defense. So the defense has come back down to earth, and the run game is still there, but now you don't even have a competent passing offense that I see in New England. Like, you mentioned that San Francisco game on Sunday, and I rewatched that one as well. And Newton... I mean, holy cow, some of those throws all over the place. Sloppy mechanics. And that was one worry I had with him coming in with the Patriots and why I wasn't just assuming that Newton was just going to show up and like, all right, status quo. He's going to be as good as Tom Brady was last season even. I wasn't assuming that because last year, I know Brady struggled, but a big reason why that was was New England was just barren with weapons. Like it was a, a Julian Edelman is still good in the slot. And nothing on the outside, really, to speak of. Like, they had Mohamed Sanu playing out of position as an X receiver. They had nothing at tight end. And Brady, you know, when you only have one guy to really throw to on a consistent basis, it's not surprising that he would struggle. Newton has basically the same setup. And a guy with sloppy mechanics, really, who he's had... He's had sloppy mechanics his whole career. Mm. Now that the athleticism has maybe taking a step back, which I don't know if you see that, but I feel like I see less athleticism with Cam Newton. I just I don't see how he lasts as a starting quarterback playing like this because, again, that San Francisco game, some of those throws. I mean, his feet are up in the air. He's got the wrong foot in front of the other. I mean, he's throwing off platform on a consistent basis, and it's ending up in the defender's hands.
1: Yeah, I'm. I struggle because Cam Newton looked really good to start the year. Right, he even had a a huge passing game against the Seahawks. Now, most teams have huge passing days against the Seahawks, but I was it was even to the point where I was a little concerned at how good New England looked early on. Right, mm-hmm. they came within a, a couple yards of beating Seattle, who is one yeah. of the premier teams in the league with Russell Wilson just being dynamite this year. I mean, they they were very close, and I I, I thought to myself as New England was driving down the field to perhaps tie or even or even win that game i thought to myself oh my goodness here here we go again the bills cannot escape <laughs> the patriots being good yeah. but since then it's just been a complete flip complete flip and the last 3 games they're they have like what 28 points scored yeah. in total i mean no touchdowns in their
0: last two games right all field goals you know
1: so i yeah i'm i'm with you i just don't see it from cam newton watch it he looked very I don't even want to say average because he looked well below average he did. against San Francisco and the same against Denver, to so, be honest.
0: So I just don't I don't see how they're a threat to the Bills. Like I just don't see how they do it because it's just their rushing offense. Because I know like, if it's good, it's effective, it's efficient. They don't really even have a star running back to speak of. Like It's a combination of Damian Harris and it was a little Sony Michelle earlier in the James season. James
1: White and Rex Burkhead.
0: Right. Like, it's just kind of a mishmash of running backs and... They've been fine. Like, they've been very good, actually, running the football. A lot of that also is Cam Newton running, too. And the running was there at the beginning of the season. Right. Um, and he did have some against Denver, too. He had actually ended up with 76 yards against Denver. So, he's been running. But I think you see last week against San Francisco, if Newton's not running the football, if you don't trust him to, or if you're worried he's going to get hurt too, he's not a guy right now that can just stand in the pocket, pick you apart, and put points on the board for that offense. So I think the Patriots need their defense to be elite. Otherwise, I don't see how they even come close to being in a division race with the Bills. And I said it before the season that I was more worried about the Miami Dolphins long-term. Bingo. I'm more worried about the Miami Dolphins right now. And that is with not knowing what Tua to Tengavailoa is going to be a quarterback.
1: Absolutely. I th- like To me, after looking at the Patriots the past several weeks, I can't... I just can't get there as far as the wins you need to get into the postseason. I can't get there. And their schedule is still hard. You know, they've played a couple of difficult teams already. They've already played the Seahawks. They've already played the 49ers. That's fine. And they still have the Jets and whatnot and those kind of games on their schedule. But they still have a very tough schedule, Mm -hmm. just like every team in the AFC East. I just don't see how they get the wins. How do they get the points to get to the postseason? I don't see it. Now... Bill Belichick has pulled off some pretty amazing things before. Can he get this team right? That still scares me a little bit. Scare, maybe scare is an overstatement. That still is something that's on my radar, right? But mm-hmm. if the Bills beat the Patriots this Sunday, do the Patriots have time? to? Re- I don't think they do. I don't think they have any time to rectify this season. And the AFC East might be over, especially yeah. if the Rams go into Miami and, and roll them. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at the Bills who are six and two, and then the Patriots would be two and five, and the in the Dolphins, Dolphins and would be and three and four.
0: It would feel actually a lot like last season, but instead of the Bills kind of coasting over the second half of the season because they were so far ahead in the wildcard race, right. It would just be the same division. thing, but with the division, yeah, where they can go five hundred the rest of the way, and it's not even going to be close. Exactly. Like as long as they don't fall apart.
1: I mean, I do, do the Patriots, do the team, the, the team we've watched the past three weeks. Did they get to six wins?
0: Do they get to six wins? That no, not not that team last week, or or the team that lost to Denver. Denver, by the way, like they're interesting, but I don't think they're. They have too many injuries. I think they would be more
1: interesting if they still had Cortland Sutton and they still had Von Miller. But I don't look at them on the schedule and think that's a difficult matchup. Exactly, and so I, I don't know. I just like to me, and I said this right after the Bills lost to Kansas City. You take care of business against the Jets, you do your thing against the Patriots, you you pull out a win. I don't care how they look against the Patriots. I do. We all care how they look. But if they win, that's a huge win. And the playoff leverage, I don't know if you saw that yet, is pretty I massive. Did, yeah. Now, if they lose, they still have the Bills still have about a seventy five percent chance of making the playoffs, but if they win, it jumps to over ninety.
0: Yeah. It's it's right. It it feels like it feels like there's a ton on the line for the Bills, but not almost more directly because of what it does to the Patriots. Like, I'm still, they lose on Sunday. I'm still going to be very confident they make the playoffs. Now, in terms of their larger goals, winning a playoff game, winning two playoff games, winning the division, I'm going to feel less confident that those are going to happen. And also, even larger goal, we still sure Josh Allen's a franchise quarterback. You lose to New England and he puts up a stinker, I'm going to lose a little confidence in that too. But I'll still be very confident they make the postseason. Especially with an added wildcard berth. Yeah. Seven teams. What it does to New England, though, is it buries them. Exactly. It is over. They are two and five. You got Stephon Gilmore's house on the market. They're going to send him away for a draft pick, maybe. They're going to maybe trade off some other veterans who maybe they want to take a look at Jared Stidham at some point in the season and see what he's got. I mean, they almost did it at the beginning of the season anyway. They were ready to do that. Let's not forget that. They were ready. If Cam Newton didn't decide, all right, I'm okay playing for the vet minimum because it means I'm a starter, if Newton would have decided, I'd rather go be a backup somewhere and make $3 bucks instead of 700000 then they would be sitting here today with Jarrett Stidham as their starting quarterback. So it's not crazy to me to think that if they lose to the Bills on Sunday and Newton puts up another bad performance, that they might not only be at, let's trade away some of our veterans, they might be at, hey, and the Bills have been in the spot before, right? Like in the past 20 years. it's We're not going to make the playoffs, so let's see what this other quarterback is because we don't know what he is. Oh, it's a feeling all too Ugh.
1: familiar. But i got a question for you. We know that Bill Belichick has already said that Cam Newton is still the starter. He's going to start Sunday. That's fine. Now, that aside, which team do you feel more confident against? The Cam Newton that we've seen thus far this season or kind of a wild card in Stidham? I don't think Stidham is great by any you know, uh, stretch of the imagination, but it at least is something you're probably not preparing for.
0: Wait, what are you, you're saying? To are you
1: more confident as a Bills fan going into Sunday with Jarrett Stidham? Oh, or Cam Newton as the starting quarterback it, of the
0: Patriots? It's still. Oh, I'd be more confident if Stidham was in there for the Bills. You would? Yeah, I still would. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big Cam Newton guy. It's been understatement. I I think he's been v- severely overrated throughout his career. So I'm probably on the low end of, you know, where my where my opinion is of him, where my perception is of him. But I would still tell you that he's got those games in him. We saw it against Seattle, right. like you mentioned it earlier. Like, he balled against Seattle, and he almost put the team on his back and won it. Yeah. And, you know, it's one more guy picking up a block on that last play, and he's in the end zone, and he is the hero. Right. It's one guy picking up a block away from the performance of the season, maybe, one of them. And now that that's not there, and now that he has put up two bad games in a row and there's the you know there's the floating thought that what what his real his health is with you know having covid and whether that is affecting him at all because there have been baseball players that have said like yeah it took weeks and even months for me to kind of exit that foggy stage where, like, I was back up to speed with everything. Now, he, like, has, your he hasn't
1: used that as an excuse. No, he he's, said he's pretty much been asymptomatic the whole time.
0: Yeah, and he has, even when asked about it, he has he, yeah. like, completely downplayed it. Like, no chance at all that that's a thing. Right. Um. So, I'll I'll trust him in that. I'm not completely discounting it because I think if it was affecting him, he wouldn't say it. But I'll trust him in that, that he's just, this is Cam Newton, and that he's going along, uh you know, as if he was healthy it doesn't scare me. Stidham to me might be a joke. Stidham might be Peterman. You know, his interception rate actually, funny enough, is kind of along the same lines of Peterman. He's got three picks and 12 attempts this season. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Stidham doesn't strike fear into me at all, but it is maybe he he is a sign or he is a symbol of New England entering a realm that they have not existed in for decades, that the Bills have been existing in for the last decade, where you get to the point where you give up on the season and you just say, hey, I want to see what some of these young guys can do. That's what the Bills can do with a win on Sunday. You can push them over the ledge into that. Right. And their upcoming schedule after, what on the, down, the downside, this is why it's so big for the Bills, if you lose this game, I know you did say that their schedule is hard, and it is, but two of their next three games are against... Painfully bad teams. The Jets is their next game, which is a Monday Night Football game, by the way. (laughs) Woof. I mean, come on. We're really putting the Jets on prime time again? Whatever. Then the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, by the way. Okay? And then you've got the Texans thereafter. I would pick them to beat the Jets and Texans. They don't have to beat them. I don't think they have to beat the Texans at all. (sighs) Maybe we disagree. We'll go around the AFC in a little bit, too. So maybe we'll see what we think of Houston. Um... Okay, maybe they don't have to beat Houston, but those are two winnable I, games in I the guess next three.
1: The, the, uh, it's an interesting point, though, is because no longer is a 1-6 Texans game, or, or what are they, 1-6, 1-5? 1-6. Right, so no longer is that a gimme game for the New England Patriots. Now, that's oh, a territory sure. that we haven't entered well,
0: before. That's right. If they beat the Bills on Sunday, though, I'm going to think of them as, uh, they're going to be favored in Houston. I think. If they beat the Bills on Sunday...
1: I mean, I I don't know. I mean, Houston's been right there for a couple games this year. They still have Deshaun Watson. They still have okay. some weapons. Uh, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, I'm not. Tr- let's not argue yeah, if they're going to be is. the Houston yeah. Texans or not three weeks down the line. Sure. But what we can argue is the fact that this with a with Tom Brady, and every year we've seen that Tom Brady's been healthy for the past twenty years. There is no way they go into Houston and lose that game. Now we're talking about it as a possibility. With that sure. said. How can this team get to the wins that they have to get to to make the playoffs when you have the AFC West and the
0: NFC West this year? And the place I have arrived at for that is, and I thought this, I did think this last year, I thought Tom Brady was getting too bad. I thought he was getting too bad of a rap for his performance last season because I, I would be the first to admit he was not the same Tom Brady because he's the guy in his career who's so good that it doesn't matter who his receivers are. He's going to lift everybody up. I thought he was good last year. I thought he was just good. And I thought he was severely hampered by what he was surrounded by on that Patriot offense. And I think what we're seeing now is, it was broken. Like, that New England offense was broken, and Tom Brady, even at this stage in his career, lifted them up just enough to make them a playoff team. And when he left and you replaced him with even a guy who you could consider, you know, you can argue is still an average starting quarterback in football, even at this version of him that it's not enough and it doesn't matter because again, who is he throwing to? Who who are, and who are they stopping on defense? Because if that regressed too, I don't know. We can go round and round on like what's wrong with them because I think there's so many things. Exactly. And the Bills don't have that. The Bills have issues of their own, don't get me wrong. But the last thing I'll say in this, and why I think what the Bills have done this year, and what the record is, is sustainable, even though I am a little worried. And I don't think how you couldn't be. They have a negative point differential in the season. Like, that's worrisome to me.
1: I'm but, not, see, I'm not worried about that at all, either. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: not. Like, listen, Like you're talking about garbage time. But you got to a little bit. I'm not. You're talking about garbage time touchdowns that you've given up. You're talking about a stinker of a game against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, I know you can't take these things out of the equation, but I mean, we just talked about two touchdowns that were taken off the board against yeah. the Jets. I mean, it's just like minute plays lead to that yeah, negative right. point differential.
0: Where I was getting to anyway, and I think we'll agree on this, is the place I think the Bills are just their, six, their season success is so much more sustainable than what New England's could be. Oh, yeah. Is just simply put in passing offense. The Bills are sixth in the NFL in passing, New England's 28th. And at this point, I think both of those two rankings for those teams hold up over the course of the season. If the Bills are 6th and New England is 28th, the Patriots are not—not only are they not catching the Bills for the division, they're not even going to come remotely close.
1: And I I honestly don't think uh, they're—we've yet to see what Tua is, but— We'll I talk the, about him next, maybe. Right, and, but but the Dolphins are are a better team right now than the Patriots, in my opinion.
0: We'll, t- we'll talk about Miami when we come back, and the AFC in whole, because I did want to talk about some of the other teams. 803-0550 is the phone number. If you want to get in on Cam Newton, the Patriots, and whether they are shot. The Bills can bury them on Sunday. We'll talk more about that matchup as well, but plenty more in the AFC coming up next. The Nightcap with Joe DiBiase, Brennan Keeney along for the ride as well, going till 8 o'clock here on WGR. In his last four games, he did eight catches for 79 yards. I mean, just being completely wasted and not used right now. And he's frustrated. And you can tell he has such a taste of FOMO, of seeing Brady and Gronk down in
1: Tampa. And you can tell he just wants to be part of that party. So,
0: if you love something,
1: set it free. They should do right by Edelman. He's being wasted here.
0: Send him to Tampa for a sixth round pick. Let him go catch touchdowns with Brady and Gronk. You know, I think they should do right by Edelman and trade him away. Ben Volin from the Boston Globe yesterday on or this morning on with Sal and Jeremy
1: I'm all for it. Don't they have enough receivers though? Yeah, right. Who are you taking out of the lineup for Edelman right now?
0: I mean, I guess they could just run four wide every every play. But at the same time, they already can do that. This Scotty Miller. People they- want to sleep on him because he's not a big name and it's all big names in Tampa. That dude is fast. He's got good hands. I don't think he's like amazing or anything, but I think he's a good, solid receiver. You don't need Julian Edelman as your fourth. Now, Chris Godwin is maybe going to miss multiple weeks again, and he's been in and out of the lineup already. But you got Antonio Brown. You've got Mike Evans. You've got, even with O.J. Howard out for the season, you've got Gronkowski and Cameron Brait. You've got Fournette. You've got Jones. Like, Do they really need Edelman, too?
1: I don't know. One more big piece, I think, could really—I'm <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, that's just an absurd collection of talent. It really is. And we'll see if it works out for them.
0: But, like, I—, I They're definitely a contender in the NFC, at with, the very well, least. without Especially with yeah. how good their defense is playing. Oh, for sure. They're the best-run defense in football right now. Um, yeah, Tampa's complete. Like they're just a good, complete, a very good, complete team. I would not pick them to win the NFC, but I wouldn't be surprised. They'd be in my top three. Oh yeah.
1: Oh uh, what with Green Bay and Seattle? Who and they already uh, yeah, dismantled think, Green Bay.
0: I think I'd go Seattle one.
1: They already dismantled Green Bay.
0: Oh yeah. Ah. You're right. I, I Kind of forgot about that. I actually, just sitting here thinking. Um, so maybe I'd have to put them two. I think I would you'd have to put I'd have to put them too. You can't I, I couldn't could sit here and respectably put Green Bay over Tampa after the thrashing that they just gave them. Right. Um we talked we started the segment talking about the NFC. We we're going to talk about the AFC. Let's start with Miami because that's kind of where we left off. They I thought for sure with Fitzpatrick in there at quarterback, they would at least be in the mix all season. I actually thought that before the year. I got a bet actually over on that bet board in there. Um what was it? Over five and a half wins was what I had against uh Chopin the Bulldog. And, I mean, five and a half is, like, nothing. Like, they're going to easily clear that. I right. think, do they still have two games against the Jets? They have one more one. against the Jets. They have one more. All right, so they got to win two other games other than the Jets for to clear that. But with Fitzpatrick playing pretty darn good, and I know he could just implode at any moment, I thought that they would be in the mix. In the mix. I wasn't picking them to make the playoffs. But look at the teams outside the playoff picture right now in the AFC. And for those that don't have the standings in front of them, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tennessee, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indianapolis are teams in a playoff spot. Of the group of teams not in the playoffs right now, Miami's three and three, Vegas is three and three. The Chargers are two and four. Denver's two and four, New England's two and four. Cincinnati's one, five and one, Houston and Jacksonville have one win. The Jets are an embarrassment. Like, who outside of the playoffs would you think has a shot to get in that's not in right now? And for me, I would have picked Miami for that. And I would still maybe pick them. Because I've loved Tua Tungavailoa as a prospect. And I'm very intrigued to see what he is. I don't think he has to be great. That's why moving to him right now is a big risk. And it is more of a move for the future than for right now, even though it could work out right now. So... I do kind of want to save picking them to make the playoffs bef- until I see Tua. But if he's good, if he comes in and he's even like what Justin Herbert has done for the Chargers or even 80% of what Justin Herbert's been for the Chargers, Miami will be in the mix all season. That's that's where I am at on them.
1: Yeah, I they'll be in the mix, but I mean they still have a tough schedule, right? I mean, they still have they have the Rams and then the Cardinals, which looks even more daunting now than it did at the beginning of the season, right? For both of those teams, and now you have the Chargers after that with Miami. But then
0: they've got those three. Right. I don't want to come all easy because again, the Broncos, the
1: Bengals at can home put up points, so they got the Jets and then they have the Bengals. But then they have the the Broncos, Jets, then Bengals. But then they have the Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, Bills to close out the season. I just I like what they're doing in Miami, and it's actually funny. I was I could not for the life of me understand the switch to Tua move. I couldn't. And when it was announced, I, I have mm-hmm. a, a friend of mine who is a Dolphins fan, and I, I texted him. I was like, what is the th- reasoning here? And he actually made a point that I was kind of curious about. With the quarterback class coming up next year and next year's draft, to me, you have to see oh. if Tua can be the guy. You're, you're thinking if he's bad. If he's bad, do you take a look at a guy... Do you ha- you have capital? You've got a couple first round picks. You got some second. Like they have a lot of draft capital. Well, that they the could Houston, use move the up.
0: Houston pick, they might even have to move up. Exactly, Houston that, could be and in that the top was another,
1: three, five. I that was know. another thing he said: is that Houston right now is so bad. They're one in six. They're right at the bottom. If you have Tua and you don't know what he is, mm-hmm. and that forces you to pass on a guy like Fields or uh, Trey or Lance. Trey Lance, then. That's going to look bad if Tua turns out to be really bad.
0: Yeah. No, right, right. Like, think of Arizona for this a couple years ago. And it's a little different because Miami, it seems, head coach-wise, and Chris Greer, their GM, like, their organization seems to be pretty put together. Like, I I respect what they have going on there. Sure. So it's different in that because Arizona's was a dumpster fire when they picked Rosen. But if they had never put in Josh Rosen... Do they pick Kyler Murray? Bingo. And, and you're right. Like if Miami never puts in Tua, they don't know whether to pick Justin Fields if they are picking 5th. Exactly. And when you have a draft pick
1: that is likely to be that high. And listen, I don't think Miami's going to have a, in their own draft pick. I don't think they're going to have a, a super low draft. I don't think they're I don't think they're going to the playoffs and and if they do, I don't think they're certainly gonna advance far like i you're still looking to me you're still looking at like a top 12-ish pick so between the texans and the dolphins you'll probably have two top 10 top 12 picks that might give you the ammunition to go up and get a fields if it's trending i'm, I'm not even saying lawrence because i think the jets already pretty much have that cinched up yep um but if you can go up and get a fields or if you really like trey lance then there you go
0: uh I, you, you gotta see what you have Interesting. So, what do you think of them in terms of this season? Like, would you, where would you put them on teams not in the playoffs that could make it? Like, because I would put them either one or two.
1: I don't see it happening. So, I'm trying to
0: hold maybe actually. You know what? Maybe I would put them uh, below the Chargers, even though they have a one game lead on, on on LA. I still like LA's defense, and Herbert's playing great. So, even though they're coming from behind, maybe I would pick the Chargers right now.
1: I honestly wouldn't be shocked, Joe, if this playoff that we're seeing is is, is that's the way it's going to be. Like Indianapolis is your seven. I could see Vegas perhaps making some noise, making a push. I do not know what to make of them. (laughs) Right? I I don't know. They They have a team that beat the Chiefs and then got uh, they got smoked
0: by both the Bills and the Patriots. Right. Um. Yeah, they're so weird. So I'm not picking them. So this seven right now, to me, that seems like it's going to be it. The three wild cards are Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indy. I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh are both locks. So you're going to have at least two out of the AFC North. I like Cleveland to make it. Mm -hmm. They already got the head start, and I already picked them to make it beforehand. I think they're a good team. Like I don't think they're amazing. I think Baker Mayfield is not worth the number one pick he got, but he's fine. Um, And then the Colts are kind of, I don't know, they're weird, they're an enigma. Like, what are they? They play a not I great like division. everything about them, except I hate what they have at quarterback. Rivers <laughs> is done. Phillip Rivers is shot. He was shot last year, and they were just assuming they were upgrading from Jacoby Brissett. Not really. Like, he's putting up numbers, but it's kind of the same thing. They win by running the football and playing good defense, and their offensive line is, like, the best in football.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just... I don't know. May, know what I kind of know what I'm leaning towards here, the Chargers. I'm me leaning, too. of the teams that are outside looking in. So re- realistically, to me, there's really only three. Maybe, uh, maybe for now we'll say the Patriots. For now we'll say the Patriots, but I don't think they're gonna get there. So out of the Dolphins, Raiders, Chargers, to me, the Chargers are the scariest. With Herbert playing the way he is, we know they already have a very good defense. They mm-hmm. have pieces. Like, they're running back by committee. Yep. Uh, Eckler will is, be,
0: Austin Eckler will be back. Will so, be
1: back. Yeah. There you go. And then they have Keenan Allen They have and Mike Williams. So they have some talent. Yep. So, like, to me, the Chargers pose a threat. The Raiders, we have no idea what they are. And it will be fun because they're, the Chargers and the Raiders are in the same division. So cool. we'll be able to figure out pretty yeah. easily which team is better. What is Denver for you? This. Denver is not a threat not to at me all. at all. I they think are still
0: interesting to me, but like I think you said it earlier, like they have a lot of injuries. Too much.
1: Yeah, know, I would be very fascinated with Denver if they had a full
0: stable of talent, yeah. but they don't. Let, let's wrap this conversation around to the Bills too, because this was a thought I had earlier in the show and i was saving it for later. The Bills right now are not just fighting for the division. They're fighting for seeding. Big time. Because right now... Especially right now. Right now, you're the four seed in the AFC. You're playing Pittsburgh or Baltimore. (laughs) Like, that's happening. And I'm sorry. I think the Bills are a a really good team. I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh are better. Like, I I think we pick them on the road. They should be favored on the road against the Bills. You want to avoid that at all costs. And that means getting above Tennessee... That means getting above Kansas City or Pittsburgh or Baltimore, whoever's leading that division. You just can't finish fourth. That's it. Don't finish fourth. And if you're able to get high enough, second or third, and maybe you play one of these teams that sneak in, like the Chargers, potentially, or the Dolphins or the or Raiders. The Colts or the Browns. Get, like, the Bills would do well to get to one of those teams in the first round. Agreed. And I think that's – we're talking
1: about this Patriots game, right? Right. And or the Patriots. For by the me, way. <laughs> it's less about the Patriots Bills, because I think you and I are in agreement. Even if the Bills lose this game to the Patriots, I will be fundamentally concerned about who they are, but I still think they probably come out on top in the division. Now can, can that, I ask you real quick, can I yeah. ask you a terrible
0: question? Terrible question. Go. Would you it's a terrible question. I'm sorry. I'm I already know it's bad. Would you rather finish fourth? Win the division and have to play Baltimore in the first round, or would you rather have the Patriots come back, take the division, you finish sixth, and you're playing Tennessee? I will take the four seed. Okay. I still don't want to respect the Titans. I don't. I don't want to respect the Titans at all. Um, okay, that's why it was a terrible question. Let's win, let's win the <laughs> I'll, division I'll, I'll and take bury the four New seed. England, and right? and, okay.
1: Let's give Buffalo a home playoff game. But no, the. So where I was getting was like, this is not just a game about the division anymore. You have to fight for wins because you know Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Baltimore are going to continue winning, right? Those are And Tennessee is not really showing any signs of slowing down. They've now, It's weird, though, because Tennessee's had some hiccups. They almost lost to Minnesota, almost yeah. lost to Houston.
0: They've got the benefit of that division, they though. They do have Ooh.
1: the benefit of the division. So now it's like, well, which one of these teams is going to fall? And I don't... You know, Pittsburgh's had a very easy schedule to this point, so I'm very intrigued on what they look like against Baltimore. They still have two games against Baltimore. They still have another game against Cleveland. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens. They have to play the Bills. Let's not forget that either. They, yep. they still got to come to Buffalo be big later in the season. So this game is no longer, this Patriots game is no longer just about, all right, Bills got to win the division. It's about we we have to see the Bills Get some wins so that they're not playing the second-place
0: team of the AFC North. Exactly. eight hundred three hundred five fifty is the phone number. Last call on the nightcap after this. Me and Brennan are going to talk about the Dallas Stars uniforms a little bit when we come back. And then there are a couple of rumored players in the NFL that could be dealt at the trade deadline. We'll toss those around real quick before we get out of here. It's the nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. This is WGR. Uh, not necessarily. I definitely think he'll be a key part in uh, helping us win on offense and have success. But uh, as far as like making good decisions and playing well as an offense, you know it's not a one man team. Whether it was anybody being out, uh, we gotta win, and the guys that's out there gotta win at a high level and find ways to win. You know that's part of why we why we are a team. Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs is being asked there about John Brown returning to the Bills lineup potentially. He was a full participant in practice today. You can get sales full notes from practice at wgr550.com and the radio.com app. Pass or fail on the Dallas Stars uniforms. I feel like they're the type of uniforms where you can only love them or hate them. For me, I love them. Okay, good. Me too. I think they're awesome. Just I, I
1: agree. I think anything that is uh that deviates from the norm, I think is a is a step in the re- not too much. But I think I it's a step least, in the re- I love the color. At least respect it. Like even Do you like the Seahawks uniforms? Yes. I, I do, too. I think they're fantastic.
0: I felt, and I, I hated d- being the one to do it, because I felt like I was the only one doing it, but even the Sabres yellow turd burger jerseys. You what? I would defend them. Not for what they looked like, but for the idea of them. Like, going to your third color, or your second color, like the gold uniform, having a different color on the back, like I liked the, like some of, uh, they were trying something. Now, They botched it with silver all over the place, and like there was so much wrong with it. Different shades of yellow, but I would stand up for like what in principle they were trying to do.
1: If it was completely goldish yellow, I think it would have been good. Yeah, I I hated the the blue. Like I I didn't like that part. Like
0: the other thing I hate, by the way, is that those uniforms might ruin. Like they might. I wanted a yellow jersey for so long, mm. and then that's what showed up. So we might have to wait a long time again before they even try something. Yeah. Maybe not. A lot of these teams are doing these reverse retros this season. Um, those stars jerseys, though, they're so clean. The numbers with like the little dots in the middle. Uh, the fact that there's only two colors. They didn't try to you know put any white in there, any silver, gray, just black and neon green. I think it's I think good. they're awesome. Yeah. I agree. All right, so we're we're not, in agreement. There's not, there's not much, much to, go there. to talk about. Uh, yeah. And then, real quick, I wanted to get to this before we uh, ended the show. We were running low on time. There are a lot of names that are being floated out there for the NFL trade deadline, which, by the way, is I think Tuesday. It is it's election day. It's election day. Okay, it's also NFL trade deadline day, and the Bills are good. And you know, the last time that they well, not the last time, but. This regime, Brandon Bean, has done a, a big trade at the trade deadline. It didn't work, but he sent a third-round pick to Kelvin Benjamin three years ago, trying to make the playoffs. Like he, he's a dealer, so I think we have to at least respect the, the the chance that he'll do something. And there's a lot of names out there. If I just throw a bunch out, Quinn and Williams, defensive tackle for the Jets. Who, by the way, there was a report at last draft where he went third that the Bills were looking to move up to get him. Uh, he might be available. There's Zach Ertz in Philadelphia as a tight end, there's Evan Ingram as a tight end in the with the Giants, another tight end in Cleveland, David Njoku, uh maybe Julian Edelman or Stefan Gilmore. If you want to see what the Patriots got going on, the Gilmore idea probably sounds nuts. But any of those names or another one that you've heard tossed in trade rumors, like does any of them catch your eye for an idea for the Bills?
1: Um Evan Ingram maybe The most, it seems, somewhat realistic. I know he's probably fallen out of favor a little bit with the Giants. He hasn't really lived up to, what was he, the 20th pick in the draft, 22nd pick in the draft, something like that. He was a late-ish round.
0: Yeah, 23rd in 2017.
1: Yeah. I mean He hasn't lived up to that by by any stretch. But I think he has the talent that when you put him with the offense the Bills have, he might be able to flourish. I still – the drops concern me. (laughs) Yeah. He dropped a – and I think – the last thing that the Bills need, Josh Allen needs, is a guy who's unreliable when it comes to just catching a football, because that has been a problem this year and last year. Um, so that is interesting. I'm interested in anything that really shores up the the interior defensive line as well.
0: Yeah, and Quinn Williams would definitely—well, maybe not definitely, but he would do that. Like, he would be— at least Put it's a, a, it's a talent infusion. So yes. yes. Uh, the tight ends, I do like the idea of adding a tight end, and if that's the group they have to pick from, or at least try to get, I don't mind Zach Ertz as an idea. That would be a rental, and that's part of the reason why I like it. Mm. And the other reason is like you just mentioned it, like there are drop issues with the other guys. Uh, and like David Njoku even, who is, you know, maybe like Evan Ingram light for this. Also a first round pick. He has not been as productive even as Ingram and he's had more drop issues than Ingram has had. Now, he probably comes cheaper probably a lot cheaper uh, so I kind of like that too If they took a flyer on one of those guys, I think that would be nice I don't need them spending big assets to upgrade the defense. Again, 15th in total defense. I think we might be overreacting a little bit to their problems on that side of the football Um, but I, I like the idea of chasing a tight end We'll see. I expect them to probably do nothing because it's the NFL. But you know, yeah, I'm I'm cool. Like, I I don't need
1: them to do anything though. Like I don't I don't I'm not looking at this roster before the trade deadline saying, oh, we need X, right? If if Bean decides. What about
0: a receiver? By the way, I didn't mention like Will Fuller, I, Randall Cobb.
1: I mean, if you can get a Will Fuller cheap, I just don't see the need. Like, maybe as an insurance policy for someone.
0: Like, obviously, I was saying, me, when John Brown's out of the lineup, they miss him dearly. Then what do you do? You know,
1: but you, you, like, you never can have too much talent, I suppose. But Fuller is playing well enough right now yeah. where I think Houston can demand a pretty hefty yeah. price tag. And they've already come out and essentially said that they're not moving him just to move him, just to blow up the entire organization and, sure. and blah, blah, blah. So like, you're going to have to pay a premium for that. I'm not quite sure, you know, how he fits when you've already got field stretchers in your mm-hmm. offense. Um, but, but I, like, so it, much speed though. On trade I, oh, deadline I day. It. If, if it came out and said that the bills got Will Fuller, I'd be stoked, but like, so, as long as it wasn't, like, a first yeah. or yeah, maybe not, even a second. Yeah. I do that. Like, we're not talking about a first-round yeah. pick here.
0: And you're probably um, not getting him for, like, a third. So Yeah. So okay. maybe a second. We're in agreement. So maybe a second. If, if <laughs> Houston wants to give him away cheap, hey, maybe if DeAndre Hopkins hadn't been traded away for nothing, they would, they would be more willing to move Fuller for something.
1: <laughs> I'm more interested in a tight end than a wide receiver.
0: I am, too. And I think, you know, look at the roster. It's pretty easy to arrive at that point, right? Tight end's been pretty bad uh, for the Bills this year. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to tonight's show. Be back tomorrow, leading you into Thursday night football. Falcons and Panthers is the game tomorrow. We'll have that here on WGR. Kickoffs at 825. Pre-game will start at 8 o'clock. I am back. Back off vacation, so you'll hear me throughout the weeks. And, of course, on Sunday before the Bills game against the Patriots. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good night. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. This is WGR.